time to talk podcasts. We do it each Wednesday. And uh, joined by RNZ Elliot Childs with what he's been listening to. Hi, Elliot. Hey, Jesse. How are you doing? Good. Tell me about Search Engine. So, Search Engine is a new podcast created by PJ Vogt, who used to be the co-presenter of Reply All. Did you ever listen to Reply All, Jesse? No, remind me. So, it was basically an internet query show. People would come to them or they would find stories of mysteries on the internet or internet-related mysteries, and then they'd go off and report yes, on them. Yes, yes. Was this the one that featured the Moby story? That was Heavyweight, I think, okay, which was okay, produced okay. by the same company. All right. Was it the one that um, featured the guy who remembered breaking his arm as a child and all of his family denied that it ever happened and Again, so they went and investigated. that was Heavyweight. Okay, It sorry. seems you're a Heavyweight fan, but not a Reply All <laughs> No, fan. I think someone recommended Heavyweight in uh, one of these podcast reviews. Okay, okay, sorry. Reply All, as you were. <laughs> Mysteries on the internet. Mysteries on the internet. Um, so PJ and the co-creator of Search Engine, uh, Shruthi Pinman Manani, uh, left under a bit of a cloud. There was... A bit of a fuss um, around some stories that they they put out where they were accused of hypocrisy. Um, it's a whole thing. I think you can go and look at that yourself if you want to find out more about it. I'm not going to get into it here. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. That was a big story last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was kind of a big story in the podcast world. I kind of feel that there are two sides to that story and... Some things may have been blown out of proportion. I'm not entirely well, sure. Well, something blown out of proportion on the internet, Elliot. I, I know. It's shocking, and <laughs> the idea that that could possibly happen has, has really shaken me to my core. Okay, well, but, we won't litigate that one right now, but no. um, you have actually located this for me now in the, uh, in the zeitgeist. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, it was. it's quite an interesting story and one that raises some questions, but worth looking into if you're interested. Anyway, they're back with Search Engine, which on the face of it, is a podcast that is very similar to Reply All in that it's, we pose a question, we go off and find the answers to said question. But whilst Reply All focused primarily on discussing internet-related questions, um, Search Engine has a bit of a broader view, a broader scope, as it were, um, and it asks questions such as, how sad are the monkeys in the zoo? <laughs> and, how am yeah. I yeah. and how am I supposed to find music now that I'm old and irrelevant? Uh-huh. Curious and questions. Curious questions. Um, and the latest one is actually one of my favorite ones that they've done so far, and it's, what's it like to go slowly blind? Uh. Which is a really moving and fascinating interview with a guy called Andrew Leyland, who's just written a book called Country of the Blind, and he's been losing his sight steadily since he was a teenager. And it started with... Um, severe night blindness and just not being able to see anything in the dark and gradually has gotten worse and worse and worse and he's been diagnosed with a condition that I can't remember the name of um, but it is not glaucoma no not glaucoma it's 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 something else but it's eating away at his his retina essentially Gosh. and it's going to render him blind in a number of years and he's retinitis, retinitis pigmentosa possibly that it is I'm looking at it well yeah. there we go then um, and it's it's a really interesting story, but what's really interesting is his approach to dealing with the whole thing. So instead of filling himself with anxiety and worry over how he's going to deal with being blind, he focuses more on how can I prepare for this and how can I get myself ready so that I know that 
I know how to survive yeah. as a blind person. Um, and it's, yeah, it's as much a story about kind of realigning your thinking and turning questions yeah. around in your head as it is about what it's like to slowly go blind. Um, my other favorite episode was how am I supposed to find new music now that I'm old and irrelevant, which, which is a question I often ask myself. <laughs> it cuts too close. It, it does, doesn't it? There's, there's, um, yeah, there's a certain group of people that I think you and I are probably in. Yeah, but, um, we're not totally down with the kids. I don't think Jesse. We don't know what's completely. We don't cool want to be. No, they've stopped, they've stopped making decent music. No, they haven't. No, <laughs> no they I'm, haven't. Just, I'm just doing a uh, parody of the grumpy old man. I sometimes feel myself turning into. And that's you know that's fair enough because um, in this interview. Well, the interview was with a guy called Kala Fasane, who's an amazing music journalist who wrote one of my favorite music books of recent years, which is Major Labels. But he also writes for The New Yorker. But one of the first things they discuss is, why do you need new music? Like, if you are old and irrelevant and you are happy with the music that you have and, you know, you know what you like and, mm. and you've got music that you love, why do you need new music? Do you have to go out and find new stuff? Why... Is it necessary? Do you have to be down with the kids? Let the kids mm -hmm. have their music. This music isn't for you. But then it, it does actually get into some practical tips for how you can find new music as an old and irrelevant person. Such as? Such as just seeing, seeing what's on Spotify, seeing what's, what's out there. There are, there are very simple ways of doing it, but it's... Yeah, I'll let you listen to the episode to kind of get deep in, deeper into it because yeah, there's cool. some philosophical questions that get answered along the way. So much of your enjoyment of a podcast uh, comes down to how much you like the person hosting it, right? Yes. It's kind of unfair, and I speak on behalf of radio presenters uh, here as well. Sometimes you like people, sometimes you don't. Yep. Not much to do with exactly you know what they're doing. It's just a vibe that you get. Yeah, and this is how I feel about PJ Vote, I think. So PJ and I are, are very similar ages. Um, we seem to have similar interests. I don't know him personally, but from what I can can tell, we, we have similar interests. <laughs> You're like me. I listen to this podcast and I think, you know what? Me and, me and this guy would be great friends because yeah. you really get to know someone over the course of you a podcast do. series. You do. And it's it's kind of a, a symbiotic relationship in in one way because you are – you feel like yes, I'm I'm a good friend of Mark Maron's or Conan O'Brien's or PJ Votes, and then if I was to ever meet Mark Maron, I would know a ton about him. Yeah, and he would have no clue who I was. I yet, know. Yet I saw a female thing. podcaster the other day on Twitter saying that when she dates, she just prays that the guy Gosh. has not listened to her podcast because it's just a weirdly uneven place to yeah. start. Yeah. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, so I know all of your, your history and I know everything that you've talked about publicly and all of this and, yeah, and now you have to learn about me and there's nothing that you've got that's, that's hidden from me. Oh, that's really uneven and creepy. Yeah. I don't like that idea. But anyway, that's how I feel about PJ Vote. So you and me would be very good friends, I think. Um, and he has described on, his, on the website for the, the show about how they're planning on releasing this show. They've actually put up a um, a release schedule for one, mm. which I've never seen any podcast. No, they usually do. like to surprise you. Exactly, and so part of of Search Engine is that they are very conscious about their relationship with their audience, and part of that is making sure that they release things on time when they say they're going to, so that you don't feel kind of ignored by them. 
as in one way. So he he put it in the way that a friend of his said, um, "You're either there for me when I'm doing my laundry, or you're not." <laughs> and he wants to be the kind of laundry buddy that turns up for you, yeah, rather than. And, and I guess if he's gone through a bit of a sort of a cancellation or or public um, episode, maybe mm. he's feeling hyper uh, conscious of being transparent and really connecting with people. I think that's definitely it. Yeah. That's definitely it. So they, they've also included an, an ethics policy on their website around their advertising. Um, so they don't do any... Um, I can't remember if this is exactly it, but I, they won't do adverts in um, their own voice. You know, the oh, yeah, yeah. endorsement yeah. of, I've done this and blah, blah, blah. Um, but if a company advertises on, on their podcast... He uses the example of sprockets because he doesn't know how sprockets, uh, what sprocket is best for people to use. So he won't do an advert in his voice saying, I've used this sprocket and it's a wonderful sprocket. But if the sprocket company advertises on their podcast, they will do so in their words. Got it. it. And if they were going to run a story that the sprocket company won't like, then the sprocket company has no say over that. Um, Sounds good. And sounds like um, a lot of variety in each episode. Thank Mm. you, Elliot.